on today's episode we have Sikona Unachi Lina Content Nyungula whereas we'll be gonna be talking about mental health depression and other disorders uh, and mostly importantly the, the most topic that surrounds women feminicide and gender-based violence okay I, w- I will allow my guest to in- to introduce herself um, who is the corner Lena content okay um so the corner is the person and then Lena content is the stage the character name so um my first name is Zikona, but however, I prefer to be called Unate because I just feel as though that resonates with me more. Uh, I don't know for some reason. I think because it's like unisex and it's like m- more people can pronounce it, it's just easier. Um, Lena Content, Lena was my grandmother's name, and Content is the fact that I produce content, but also just because i am at the stage where i'm content in my life and that's when i created my youtube channel when i was ready to share me with the world so zikona unatim nyungula aka lina content is a student um i'm a mechanical engineering student and i'm a youtuber a christian poet and because of that christian identity which is the core of who i am uh, i am very passionate when it comes to youth because i do believe that youth are the future so i'm currently volunteering at a center where i'm training to be a counselor for a pregnancy crisis a youth pregnancy crisis so um yeah that's basically who i am since you have mentioned that you you are very interested in the youth and that the youth is the is the future my answer and your answer won't be the same. Can you please answer this question in on the behalf of, I, if I may say, the youth? Why are we afraid of talking about mental wellness as the youth? I don't think we're necessarily afraid per se, but and also I can't generalize because I don't know why most people won't talk about it. But I know that as an African child, I was always taught that mental issues don't exist and i mean i think at some point i also started believing that uh, people are just being dramatic and stuff like that and i just had to educate myself and i think the youth now are more susceptible to learning about that or they're more educated in terms of these issues so it is a, a, a conversation that is currently happening i mean maybe in the past it would have been like we don't talk about them but like now we actually are starting the conversation do, do you think we we give ourselves enough time to research about mental health and mental health and the surrounding issues? Um, I don't actually think we do, but I also think we we do because I find that basically where I'm so, like because I'm a student, I'm obviously surrounded by students, and I know yes. that a lot of the people or maybe the people that I surround myself with are people that are availing themselves to learn about these things but you do find people who are very ignorant and they will live based on the conclusion that they've created for themselves and not go and and learn for themselves so it's like a 50-50 thing there are some that want to learn and there are some that just avoid the entire issue conversation yeah they will say conversation as a poet right how do you plan to spread the word the awareness for the 
for the topics that are surrounding mental health right so before i'm a poet i'm a person and majority of my work which is on youtube the, the page name is lena content majority of my work are based on experience and some of the work are based on things that i've seen or heard about so the only thing that i can do is something that mostly triggers me and the nice thing about being a poem is that you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to 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 downplay i mean it's your work it's your creativity and you can go as far as you want and so what i love about poetry is that you spread truth and you get people listening because it's just like they need to figure out what you're actually saying the metaphors and and the just the language that goes into writing a poem so i just plan to to spread such conversations by just sharing what i've been through because it's hard to speak about something you're far from or you don't know about since you have mentioned that when it comes to your creativity you are i would say i will conclude that you are saying that you don't lie you you express your own feelings but what about those poets who just write for clout how would you say about that I mean like different strokes to different folks if they if they if they like such things if it suits them if it makes them happy it makes them sleep at night like you do what you got to do like yeah some people as I always say is that some people live in the real world and others are just creating a world for themselves and if you choose to live in a facade then that's your thing maybe it's how they deal with things i don't know hmm. okay <laughs> uh do we have any tips or suggestion on, on how people can manage their own depression? Mm. <laughs> I don't, but yo, I think because this is a very, it's a very very. The reason being, I think some people would avoid this is because there's always a clash when it comes to how we deal with things. For example, as I said that the core being of who I am is a Christian and for me I found that when I started living less according to what people say or what people want or people expect or what the world because when we say society we mean people yes so when I stopped living according to those standards like I've just found so much joy and so much peace and as a person that I mean it's hard it's not easy to say that I'm depressed now no but I've experienced seasons and episodes where I was, uh, where I actually noticed because I'm a person that's very observant and yes. I noticed that I'm falling into a deep pit. And I remember the wake up call was when I remember I was studying and I went out because like I was really frustrated and I was standing like in a place that had like a mini balcony. And I was just like, if I jump here, like I, I wonder what would happen. And it's just like, I realized right there that I'm just like, there's a problem. Like, because this is not me. Like, I don't think such things. <laughs> but at that moment, I felt like if I give up or I fail, then I'm going to be a failure. Yes. You know, and that was because I felt pressure from society. Not society per se. Society can even be my parents and my family and the expectations. Yes. It's just like your adversity. You're supposed to pass. You're supposed to, because you don't have any other problems except for that. So it's just like, my advice was that, a person should find something that works for them and for me specifically that has been god like praying and talking about things and um writing i mean i think the one thing that also helps me is writing diarizing everything because the most important thing when it comes to depression is that surrounding yourself with a space putting yourself in a space where you can see this before it happens because i mean like 
when I write things and you go back and you read them, you're just like, what is happening? What what was going? What was I going through when I wrote this? <laughs> it's like, what is this? Is this even me? Like you know, and you kind of recognize those small things. It's like small changes or like this yeah. is what happened and this is what triggered me. And so, because I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I've never been in a phase where I'm like I'm I'm totally depressed. But it's like I have episodes like each and every other person where I experience anxiety and I experience depression and stuff like that. And I just think that the most important thing is having an outlet and having a safe space to to yes. outlet too. Because the most important thing is finding a solution. And I think it's because of my character that for me the most important thing is finding a solution more than focusing on the problem. And I think a lot of people focus or dwell on the problem and that is why you feel like you're trapped and you don't know what to do with it and that is when it starts to build up and that has been my experience so I, I'm not going to be insensitive and speak as if I know exactly what it feels like to be depressed or to know what it is when you are in a dark pit and, and things keep happening to you and as I said for me it's just been prayer and God because for me it is it kind of opened up a door where I had to learn to love myself because majority of the things that that caused me anxiety caused me these episodes of depression were caused by other people that I've let into my life and it's just like when though when I stopped doing that and I kind of like focused on yourself focused on myself and focused on my journey and that is when a lot of things started just dissolving themselves and solving themselves yeah wow 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 that's a long long answer (laughs) man stop as I'm going to dive dive in the famous side or we would call it a gender based violence. Yeah. Talk talk that surrounds topic. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in your own words, what is femicide? <laughs> Yo, like as I said, like I just like pure honesty and I just think for me femicide is just people that are unhealed and that are hurting others it's just like when I heard the song hurt people hurt people it's just like this is true femicide is hurt people that are spreading hurt and it's just like abuse against women I don't like I don't know <laughs> honestly <laughs> so females are murdered every day in South Africa what can men do to try to to fight this disease called femicide. <laughs> the thing is, the hardest thing for me is just like, as I said, that my character is to, to see a problem and to find a solution, right? Yes. Now, for me, it's quite tiring to have the same conversation. That's why I, I, I even... I struggle to define what it is because I'm, I'm defeated. Like, we've been having these conversations. It's been year in, year out, years and years of the same conversation. And I think that the biggest problem that I have is that, look, in all honesty, we have, we have, we have things that men can do, right? Yes. Such as, because the majority of these people that do these things are men. So we yes. need men who are equally powered to kind of fight this, right? But the biggest thing that we don't talk about or we often shy away from is the fact the hypocrisy in women the fact that we ourselves are hypocrites like i've seen so many times where a brother would hit his wife but then the sister would come in and defend and be like don't go and arrest the guy so it's just like i'm not gonna say because people are like blood is thicker than water for me it's the truth that will always prevail and we just choose not to live by it and there's only so much that a man can do because I've 
I know guys that have defended girls who are being hit by their boyfriends and the girlfriends would turn the following day and, and turn on those guys and it's just like for me it, it's only when a person decides to be in a place where they want help that's the only time they can actually get help because it's hard to solve a, solu- a problem where the person that's in the problem doesn't want a solution and we can say that it, it is a mental trap because majority of the time the people that are like the people so if it's a relationship then there's a relationship there and there's a hold over that person or that female that's in that relationship perhaps they say and and it's hard for them to leave that, that would be a mental issue because she's mentally feeling trapped and she doesn't know if she leaves the situation what's going to happen and it's feeling of insecurity and it is a, a tiny bit of self of lack of self-love and self-appreciation or, yes. or, or seeing your own worth and i think it's something that we struggle with a lot as females because our worth and i know for a fact that majority of the time or no actually our the older generation has always taught us that our worth is the man that we are with so it's just like it's 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 hard to kind of say what men specifically can do but it's like what society can do do, yeah it's like just speak the truth and speak what you've seen because just like whether it's your brother or whether it's your uncle or your dad but what what's wrong is is wrong hypocrisy should not exist when it comes to such things because it's people's lives that are at stake but there's only so much people can do exactly like (laughs) Fundini love is love people say I'm in like you are Uh, thank you for that that exquisite exquisite answer <laughs> thank you for that exquisite answer wow. um so we can this is the end of our show right so Lilia content promised us a poem aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> promised us a poem right that it will it's more she will explain first she would explain the poem and then so as I said before that I'm a poem. Wow. It's a poet. I'm a poet. Um and I remember one year um a friend of mine was um helping host an event and she came to me and approached me and she's like friend can you please be this is what we're focusing on gender based violence and she's like can you please write a poem? Because majority of the time when I say that I speak things from experience, people are just like, ah, did the person hit you and stuff like that. I'm just like, no. It, because of a person being having empathetic tra- traits, I'm able to put myself in other people's situations. So that is where the poem poet came from. Wow. The poem came from. And um, I've called it reminiscing because it's a story of a woman who met a guy and thought this guy was the love of her life but only to find out that it was basically the not the end of her life but like she didn't know what she was putting herself into mm. as i said it's called reminiscing i remember the first day we met i thought love at first sight was something that only happened in movies but just for us the romance was repeated replayed but i wanted to pause it even if it was just for a while I had always seeked a sight of happiness and for me you were it, the picture, the frame and perhaps the camera that captured perfection. It felt like a dream, too good to be true some would say, and I guess it was just that. I now remember the first day you insulted me and I thought we were on joking terms, so I insulted back assuming that it was all a joke and all I wanted was to be part of you. But you were having none of it, my love. So you swayed your hand across my face and kind of messed I carried on laughing. I knew that that was a red flag. But I didn't want to hear none of that. 
our reality broke my heart it was less of a heartache but more of a headache it was less of i love you but more i didn't mean to less of chilling together but more of a quick reflex session testing how fast i can dodge all the slaps you attempted at me i started to despise you but my heart wanted to love you believe in you because of the way you still smiled at me but i let it slide i mean it was only the first time I remember when I arrived with the letter saying that we were soon to be parents, you said you would change for the better. I had a perfect image of our family and our child was the center. See, I gave you so much power, I even forgot where God had to enter. Because I made you my life, my reason to survive for, even my family you managed to divide. You were my conclusion, whereas to my parents I was an illusion. Yes, for a while you changed, that I couldn't deny. But you couldn't even hold it for a mere nine months. I remember you lost it one more time, you swayed your hand and this time it got me. I soon saw a fist follow, I tried to dodge it but I was too late. I lost my balance and I guess the floor was there to catch me, something you failed to do. I remember my love, crying out your name, hoping it would stir up memories of the good old days. But it seemed every word I utter was a memory of everything you hate. Soon after that I found comfort on the floor, I stopped dodging and swaying, I tried to play dead so you would let me rest. But finally I felt the final kick. It wasn't yours but of our centerpiece the last time my baby and I got to meet. Something in me said this is it. My body switched off and my brain soon followed. And I remember the love script you wrote down so that I would lie. I couldn't even hear that I was too numb and almost done. It had reasons as to why I almost died. They all involved me looking down or falling down on level ground. To you, I had lost my mind, my ability to think and fight. The only future I had was the one that you made bright. And beyond that, I had no reason to despise. The fact that you provide, you assumed that I had no ability to survive without you. So you broke me down and the pieces were too fine. So I found myself a broom and I began to sweep the pieces, but you broke that too. I remember the first time you accused me of cheating. That day, I lost some hairs and a couple of teeth. Back then I apologized for making you angry, for breathing, existing. I am no longer sorry, but I am sorry for me. I think I desperately needed for someone to love me, so I was willing to ignore all the signs you gave me. That almost took me to the grave, and I guess I was halfway there. So I accept your apology, the one you never gave, the life I never met, the love I tried to resurrect and constantly found ways to resuscitate even though it was dead. My love at first sight is now a sore sight. It made my heart sting like my body you turned into a boxing ring. The match is over and so over.